Whatever you think about the Guy Ritchie Carnet, it's hard to dispute his flair for combining the visual with the sonic from Lockstock and Snatch to Sherlock Holmes and the Man from Uncle. The musical elements of his films often drive the narrative through his ingenious use of needle drops and bold score. Indeed, when it comes to the latter, he's collaborated with the great Hans Zimmer on more than one occasion, of which more shortly. I'm Edith Bowman and you're listening to Soundtracking, a weekly podcast in which we explore the dynamics of music on screen. His latest movie is King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, scored by the fabulous Daniel Pemberton, who worked on The Man from Uncle 2. It also features British artist Sam Lee. As we'll hear, both rose to Guy's challenge of using the timeless tropes of folk music to create something at once medieval and modern. Now, as it happens, we spent a lot of time discussing folk the last time I saw Guy, which has become something of a passion of his. He revealed a particular fondness for a version of The Wife of Usher's Well by Corinne Polwart. I started our conversation by reminding him of this, since it seemed relevant to the themes running through his take on the Arthurian myth. Now, last time I saw you, you were just stepping into this world and you'd cleared your iTunes. <laughs> Do you remember that conversation? You were talking about Kieran Polwart being the best yeah. song ever written. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's the best <laughs> manifestation. It's still a pretty good, yeah? it's, it's good version, but the song's killer. Don't you think? Beautiful. I lived a wife well And a wealthy wife was she She had three stout and stalwart sons as well yeah, I think that's what I like about it. well this is what I want to talk about with you and I loved our, our last chat about music because even though within that chat you're like I don't know much about it but I know what I like I know about the emotion I know about the feeling that I get from it and that's what it's about really it is I know a little bit more than I did then I suspect <laughs> partly because I spent I spent a lot of time trying to describe what my style of filmmaking is it, and it always sounds a bit arsy when you're talking about your style of filmmaking but I tell you what my influences are, and it's to do with vaguely, well, not even vaguely, it's actually to do with the influence of the Lauric tradition. Now, I'm thinking that I sort of developed a certain rhythm. My films run at a certain rhythm. Mm-hmm. And if you're sympathetic to that rhythm, then you get them. Yeah. And if you don't run at that rhythm, then you don't. Uh-huh. It's as simple as that, really. But th- there used to be some old East End, ex- I was going to say ex-Jewish, <laughs> but it's actually ex dock worker who was Jewish so he was one of the old school kind of East End boys yeah 
And he used to run a gym that I went to when I was seven years old till I was about 30 years old. And he was full of narrative. And that narrative, rather similar to the folkloric tradition of combining disparate elements into one expression of creativity, mm-hmm. is really what has affected me because it was the way he told a story. He was all over the place, right? It'd be start at the beginning, he was in the middle, then he was at the end, and everyone had six names, and somehow the name captured the essence of who the person was. And there were ghosts and ghouls and spectres, and there was journeys and outer journeys, and there was gypsies, and there was subculture, and there was colour, and there was flavour, and there was more character. And then you completely bamboozled by a deluge of sensory stimulation thank you <laughs> that uh, I could have been there for a while couldn't I we'll we limit your time we'll limit your time I tell you I have noticed that if I put a pause in it goes on quite a long time there's no such thing as a short pause you know what I mean once the brain goes I've got to think about this for a second it doesn't do any thinking it's at all it's a holiday yeah it's just gone and I, I, it's very polite when people help me out of that they just extend their hand and pull me out of the you little... never know whether, whether you're being rude though or not you can no, you, think you I are. know what he's, what he's talking no, about so by the way if there's any more of those gaps please help me out again fill them up so stimulation yeah it's just a whole armada of creative guff yeah and those were the stories I liked the most. I was thinking that's what sort of informed Snatch. Yeah. You know, and why I like the music that we talked about last time. Yeah. Because it seems to embody so many different elements. The Wife of Us as well is sad, happy. It captures the essence of the human condition, if you ask me. She can't let her sons go. They've come back. It's all about separation. But at the same time, you know you've got a part. What does parting mean? And it's all tragic. And it's mother stuff connected with son stuff. And there's three sons. And they're all bound up in in Burke, which was Birch. And Birch has mystical properties. And where do the mystical properties come from? In Birch. And then you're into witchcraft. And then you're into a whole world of interesting guff that has nothing to do with traditional filmmaking, which I'm not interested in at all. Well, that's summed up so much of your film. All of that that you say. You know, there's the mystical side to it. There's heart. There's family. There's connection with you know, sons and daughters, all that kind of stuff. They're all themes that are tied into your film. And I was thinking about it when I was coming and going, that song feels like it's got a real pulse to this film in terms of the subject matter of it, like you just described. Yeah, and it's taken me three weeks of interviews <laughs> to actually work out what it is that informs the way I make things mm-hmm. and where I've been influenced from. And that's why I like that music. I just don't want some facile, predictable... I just don't want conventional filmmaking. It just doesn't speak to me. She said, I wish the wind would never bear a blow Nor fish swim in the flood For my three boys come home to me In earthly flesh and blood
Daniel's score on this is fantastic as well. And I know when we spoke the last time I'm working with him on the Man From Uncle and you said that he had Told a thick... Told him what to do. Well, you, had, you said he's got a thick skin because you went back again and again with him. And you're... But you knew that if you kept pushing him, it was the right thing to oh, do. Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> oh, you have no idea. I never shout at anyone. And you think I shouted him on Man From Uncle. You should have... I mean, I've never shouted at anyone as much as I've shouted at Daniel. He came back, though. Yeah, I mean, that's part of the frustrating thing. Is he, I'm not sure if he listens to me when I'm shouting. <laughs> so I just shout louder. Uh, it's a great score. It's fantastic. I mean, there's a lot of work went into that. It's, again, sympathetic to what we've just been talking about. I like it to be bold. I mean, this is a thing that I've had with any composer that I've worked with. That I want the music to lead the charge, and I'll fall in sync with the rhythm of the music. And traditional composers don't play that game. They want the film to have its own rhythm and then the music to follow afterwards. I think the two are one of the same. But I always think that music being the predominant rhythm in the room must dictate what frequency and what rhythm we're going to move at. And then I, as the visual agent, can correspond with that. When I, does, that did make sense, didn't it? It did totally, yeah. I like I like your new title as visual correspondent. It's good that you it's should, that, yeah, should put can, that on your passport we, application you next time. The old visual correspondent is quite cool, <laughs> isn't it? I mean it's better than director, it sounds like such a bore. <laughs> When do you start having those conversations with Daniel? Because you say that you want the music to lead, so is that leading you even when you're shooting? Is the music around you and you're... I don't get no. all that. I've tried all that, Tosh. Yeah. And I get, I've been onto other people's film sets. I mean, it works when you're shooting hot models in, you know, <laughs> lingerie or whatnot, <laughs> yeah. and everyone's drinking champagne. Different film. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, not the ones I make. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, there are people that like music on their sets, mm. sort of. Yeah. noisy to me yeah. and I, I just don't think it influences anyone or makes any difference <laughs> yeah. so it's more about once you've finished the shoot well, and it's about what it is is quite interesting this because <coughs> this is something else that I've gleaned is that talking about tonality and frequency is that I choose my actors according to their frequency so I happen to like Charlie principally because he's got great abs 26 of them I heard you count <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like you and I just reduce him to an ab man <laughs> But apparently he's got a little bit more than that. <laughs> he's very enthusiastic and he's very technical and he's very experienced. But more than that, he uh, he operates on the same frequency as I. So when I'm trying, but Charlie was a big fan of my work, and the fact that he was a fan of my work was an indication that I was going to be on the same frequency as him. Mm. Sure enough, we are on the same frequency. So that's really how you choose your cast. So you choose your cast according to that and then 
you choose your composers according to that, you choose your locations according to that. And then, then within about two weeks, a rhythm starts to develop, a sort of hypnotic rhythm. first film where contemporary music hasn't been predominant well not no i wasn't going to say predominant but an option I really up there, didn't I? you're quite you did. good at filling in oh, it's fine we're doing it the opposite now you're <laughs> filling in my gaps it wasn't an option really but it was because you still used existing music but skewed it there's the track wild wild berry yeah it's used on the trailer but it's also on the soundtrack now yeah it is um, i like all that that's very Sam Lee. stuff i like sound very much Young man came from hunting fame time What is that, my lord, my dearie? rather good Sam mm. are you familiar with any of his stuff we talked about him last time so yeah not the American version or the Chinese version yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh brother dear let my bed be made bright field bright of the woody nightshade this young Song sound, and he has this whole Lorik tradition thing down there, way of singing songs. Yeah, I'm not going to do it because it's quite embarrassing. Sing us a song, guy. Um, <laughs> I'm quite good at Irish songs. Are you? Yeah, like a party it, piece well, type thing. Of. Yeah, okay. Rocky Road to Dublin. In the merry month of May, from me home I started, left the girls into my nearly broken heart. Salute your father, dear, kiss me, darling mother, drank a pint of beer, my teeth and tears, I scalded enough to reap the corn, leave where I was born. 
Got a sub by phone to banish most of the goblin. A band new pair of bogs rattled over the box, frightened all the dogs of the rocky road to W1234. Well, in the merry month of May, no from me home, I started, left the girls and two, and nearly broken hearted, saluted father dear, kissed me darling mother, drank a pint of beer, me grief and tears, the smothered enough to reap the corn and leaf, for I was born, got a stout McCord to banish ghosts and goblins, a brand new pair of brogues to rock the love of the bogs and frighten all the dogs on the rocky road to double a one, two, three, four, five, up to Harrington and down the rocky road, and all the ways to double a mic for all Now, the curious thing about that is there's quite a lot of old juju going on in that too cut a stout blackthorn blackthorn is used to ward off evil spirits and these songs i shudder to think how old rocky road to dublin is and again it's sort of riddled with mythology mm. and witchcraft yeah that might be the only witchcraft in there so <laughs> after that it's about us all getting drunk on the key and all that but um so I got to digress there. I'm glad how keen you are to sing that for us. That's though. like 18th century Irish rap. <laughs> I quite like that idea. I quite like the idea of like in hundreds of years time, what they're having the same conversations about what's contemporary for us now, which will feel like folklore in years to come. But it's not funny. Music. I mean, you mentioned the word timeless. That's what I like. I like timeless stuff, which feels actually enough quite contemporary, but. It seems to last. The boys of Liverpool, well, when we safely landed, call myself the fool, I could no longer stand it. Blood began to boil, Templar, I was Lewis and poured all there in Zile. They began abusing Harami, so I'll say, I'm a shillelagh, I'll apply. Galway boys were by and I was a hobbling with the lower hooray, the giant and the affray. Quickly clear the way for the rocky road to double and one, two, three, four, five. Hunt the hare and turn her down the rocky road and all the ways to double and make Falalida. Is not my words, but people tell me that snatch doesn't date. You pick it up, bang it in. Mm -hmm. And I hope that's true because I'd like it to be part of that timeless sort of frequency thing. And I think it is a frequency. Is it the film you're most proud of? Snatch. Has it got a special place for you, Snatch? Not really, but people don't have to bang on about it. Frankie Fourfingers has a diamond the size of a fist. 86 carats. Do you know something that I don't? Jeez, it's flawless. Where? London. London. You know, fish, chips, cup of tea, Mary Poppins, London. What do I know about diamonds? I'm a boxing promoter. I've got a bare knuckle fight, so I want to use the pie key. Fessy Vassalier, Constable. Ah. What? You're going to have to repeat that. Fessy Vassalier, Constable. What? What is a gun doing in your trousers? Protection. Protection from what? The Germans. I've got the keys and give me the stone. The only man who knew the combination. You just shot. I'm getting heartburn. Tony, do something terrible. Last time we talked as well about Man from Uncle. Yeah, I mean, there was a couple of journalists that galvanised a load of other journalists about the idea of making the second Man from Uncle. And then Army Hammer said, we're going to make another one. At which point, it, they galvanised all of this interest and we found out there was like a whole... Were yeah. you? Well, I don't know. Do you know? <laughs> I mean, you know, I wish they'd gone and seen it when it came out. People didn't go see it when it came out. And then I think because it just got stuck on cable and it had rotation, and if I say so myself, it's a rather good film. But it's subtle, and it's not necessarily the kind of film you should go out in the middle of summer.
You say it's subtle though, but I loved it, and I've been listening loads to the soundtrack recently. Good soundtrack. It's fantastic, and it's all that. It's kind of like almost like this bastardized jazz funk flute, and all this just crazy but brilliant stuff that's going on with it. Brazilian song in it. Is it Jimmy Rendese by Tom Z? Thank you. I'm not singing for you. Uh, um. Well, you should hear me <laughs> singing Brazilian. That's how it is. Guta, guta, miluki, miluki, love me. Guta, miluki, miluki, love me. Taksutaki, tistaki, taxi. Taksutaki, tistaki, taxi. Ajiki, tiki, butiki, kiti, kiti, gamu. Tiki, butiki, kiti, kiti, gamu. Taksi, hockey, si, hockey, hockey, me. We were talking about the music, um, you know, those contemporary tracks that were, were in, you know, those, those films, Snatch and, and Lock, Stock and stuff, and you said, I think, that they were really important to you because most of those songs were musical choices because they represented a moment for you yeah. in your life. And I think that's why there's such a connection with them because it was the same for so many people who watched those songs. Right. That's true, isn't it? Because those soundtracks were mega soundtracks. Massive. But soundtracks don't seem to exist anymore. What happened to them? Can you remember, you know, if a movie came out between 30 and 20 years ago, if a cool movie came out, a cool soundtrack came out and everyone had the soundtrack. Yeah. When was the last time that happened? Apart from La La Land, but it's a different thing because it's a musical, really. The Tarantino films, for me, it was Good Morning Vietnam, and I remember that combination of the dialogue from the film that Robin Williams was doing a real radio show with that real music That's brought it. in. And, and there was always dialogue yeah. between, and you go, ooh, and it was a perfect fusion between music and film, and it, I used to love that. Yeah. And it was all very exciting. Someone would have, you know, bang on the soundtrack to yeah. Pulp Fiction or whatever it yeah. was. That was a naughty soundtrack. <laughs> I love you, I love you, honey bunny. Everybody be cool, this is a robbery! Any of you fucking pricks move! And I'll execute every motherfucking last one of you! And he got swept away in the whole thing. And then 
that format seems to have drifted. Yeah. Why has it drifted? Is that because people don't make films with soundtracks anymore? I think, here's my little five pence worth, I think the way that those specific ones we've talked about use music is in the same way that you talked about Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and that Burke Bacharach track where it's like a music video in the middle of the film almost. Yeah. It's like that. It's not an emotional hook. You know, the song that Tarantino used is not telling you to feel away. It's just no. a massive musical moment. Yeah. Whereas I think a lot of people fall into that trap of using a contemporary track to, to, manipulate. to manipulate you. Which sometimes works. Yeah. But that's sort of my point about music leading the way rather than the narrative leading the way mm. that I'll fall in line with, with music before music has to fall in line with me. I mean, sometimes it works out the way, but nine times out of ten it doesn't. Funny, someone I was getting interviewed yesterday and someone pulled out their phone and there was an interview of hands on it going, Guy, when are we going to make this next movie? I am put I am challenging you now to whatever it was. Anyway, so I got if like threw down the gauntlet. Nice. You know, really honestly, I keep waiting. You know, and I'm just gonna I, I've said it to him. I'm waiting for Guy Ritchie to get off his ass and start making another Sherlock Holmes movie because maybe we can go back and work at Vassal. Guy, it's time we went back. It's time we got the violins out, get the fiddles out, get the timbalom out and started to make a real racket again. Guy, I'm ready. Are you? I love him. I've seen him a few times since, actually. Oh, we had that I'm chef gonna... come around called Francis Malman. Do you know who he is? No. He's that South American chef who's a sort of poet chef, and he's a sort of general aestheticist. He's on Chef's Table. The first, you ever seen him yeah. at Chef's Table? He was the third chef in the first series, I think it was, and I fell in love with him because he's on the same frequency. <laughs> yeah. And he sort of played, strums his guitar and recites poetry while simultaneously whisking an egg <laughs> no no he's much more robust a chef than that oh, it's good. all very outdoors and oh, right, okay. enormous bonfires oh nice lots of lambs on spits <laughs> okay. and yeah, there's an armada of second time I used that one armada <laughs> of assistants are also quite good looking and young and great enthusiasts they're all sort of running around after him and he wears crazy hats <laughs> and he's just a great creative spirit and old hands happened to be in town, and this chap happened to be in town. So Francis did a great show for us, and uh, Hansy came along to that and had a lovely time. I'm going to go see his live show. In yeah, a couple of months he just sent me tickets show. yesterday for that. Actually, can't wait. But you know, Hansy loves doing what he's doing. It's a whole new burst of enthusiasm for him. He's really made up doing this thing.
for your time, guys. It was a pleasure. So I, I quite we... fancy talking here because I can't have too much longer left. Can we? Um... <laughs> you mean I'm you want to go home? Uh, yeah, oh, I have slept eight hours in four days. I've done two, 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 and two. And I get, kept... one of, get one of Hans' soundtracks on. Get yourself a dark room. Oh, no. There you I'm, go. I'm going to moonwalk out of here <laughs> in about 15 minutes. And I'm going to take a couple of pills. <laughs> and no one is going to see stop, me until Monday. <laughs> I'll put my hands in the air. <laughs> I'm gone. I'm done. Um, I look forward to the next time. Thank you so much for your time. I don't want to go now. I'm all just sort of nestling in. I've got quite into these podcasts recently. That's what it says. Eh? That's what they say. Oh, I love a podcast. Soundtrack. And yeah, I speak to filmmakers about the relationship with music. I'm going to do Daniel as well. Oh, yeah. I met him the other night for the first time. He came up and um, It's a strong that. soundtrack. Fucking I'll ask him about how much you actually shouted at him. <laughs> yeah, do. It, um, is a, it is a great soundtrack, though, isn't it? It's fantastic. It's great. Thanks for your time, mate. But it's a frequency <laughs> thing, isn't it? Yeah, you just don't want to go, do you? Totally extended his time. You're being dragged go. out the room. I've got to go and chat to Charlie anyway. All right, go and chat to Charlie. Bye. He's great, old Charlie. <laughs> From the score to King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, that's Confrontation with the Common Man by Daniel Pemberton. Rounding off this latest episode of Soundtracking with Guy Ritchie. My thanks to Guy for taking the time to talk to us. We're just as sorry as he was, he had to leave. Legend of the Sword is on general release now, with Daniel's score available via our friends at Water Tower Music. As I mentioned, we're hoping to speak to Daniel very, very soon. Now you can find a track list for the show via edithbowman.com which is also a good place to revisit all of our previous episodes. The list is gradually developing into an A to Z of contemporary film and television. Do subscribe while you're there or at iTunes if you prefer. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We're at Soundtracking UK. We will keep you updated with what we've got going on. Speaking of which, our next episode will be with the fantastic David Michaud talking about his exclusive Netflix release, War Machine, working with Nick Cave and Warren Ellis on the soundtrack for that, plus his previous films, Animal Kingdom and The Rover. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then. (laughs) 